0: this winner is Tier Tart, Danico Autry, Robert Woods, and Chica Conquo. Now, is it cheating? Yes, probably. Do I care? Absolutely not. I make the rules. Good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content at broadwaysportsmedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. Happy Victory Monday to all of the Titans fans that listen to the show. Happy Monday morning. Happy uh, start to the work week for everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed watching all the football on Sunday, watching the Titans get back to 500 in their victory against the Colts. I am joined, as always, by producer JT. JT, how are you? Not good, man. Not good. Not well, good. I would ask why, because but I, but I'm afraid I know why, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that here in a, uh, just a second. You know, if, if any of you have been paying attention to the show or our Twitter accounts this weekend, then you know, and you've known since before this weekend that producer JT is a big Mets fan. I mean, like like a really big Mets fan. And uh, tonight the Mets got swept against the Braves, their division rival, meaning that the Braves are practically a lock to win the National League East and uh, the Mets after being in first place in the division, literally all year long fell apart at the end. JT, do you have anything to say for your squad?
1: I have so many things to say. But Okay, in the hang on, let me of, revise in, that
0: question. Do you have it, anything to say to our football audience that only mildly cares about our baseball? Exactly.
1: In the spirit of, the of this being a Titans podcast, <laughs> yeah. I will keep it to a minimum. Okay. Um, leave it to the New York Mets baseball franchise to have a ninety-eight win season and still be the biggest disappointment <laughs> of my entire sports fan <laughs> career um i um, you know i i could i could make my own like four-hour podcast of me just <laughs> going on a rant about this
0: this week on the hot read team. podcast a four-part mini series brought to you by producer jt what went wrong with the 2022 match? and
1: it would i feel like titans fans would get entertainment value out of it just because no. of i would oh, because I would, of
0: being braves fans
1: just being braves fans and listening to me lose my mind for four hours
0: well that's like all the all the titans fans who listened to the luck documentary by zach (laughs) Keeper uh at at the athletic this this past summer because it was so many great titans memories and horrible Colts memories so that makes sense
1: i just i have uh, man i i can't say anything it's this is a titans podcast yeah if if you know me on a personal level i have so many thoughts about this but none of you do so none of you care let's talk about the titans shall we
0: so yeah let's talk about the titans they got their second win of the year this week um against the colts of course a massive divisional victory on the road it's the fourth straight win over the colts of the titans it's also the fourth uh straight road win against the colts which are both franchise records i wrote an article of course today um because it's a Sunday, I wrote a winners and losers losers article at broadwaysportsmedia.com talking about the uh, the winners and the losers from the Titans game, their twenty four to seventeen victory over the Colts, and I wanted to touch on some of the topics because essentially, I don't know if you're familiar with my with the winners and losers article from Broadway dot com from past seasons. I took over doing it this year, and my version is different from those. There's a reason that those used to come out right after the game ended and mine come out a couple of hours after the game ended. Because essentially this article is me picking the six give or take a couple topics from that game, three very positive and three very negative, the main storylines from the game and and getting my thoughts on them. And so that's why I'm, I'm referencing this show on Monday mornings, because it's ultimately in a winners and a losers format, my reaction to the game. And that's what you're here to listen to and, and hear about. Before we get into those those topics that I took away from this game, just to touch on where this game left the AFC South picture. So the Titans and the Jaguars tied at two games apiece at the top of the division. Uh, the Jaguars technically hold the tie over the Titans for their conference record, but two and two, uh, nobody is a game back in that relationship. However, the Colts are a game back. I think it's one game. I'm not. I forget how it ties affect the whole game back system they are one loss back of the lead at one two and one and the texans are the only winless team in the nfl at this point they sit at oh three and one at the bottom of the division next week the jaguars uh host the texans and the colts are on the road at denver the titans are on the road at washington the titans this is one of two back-to-back away game stints with the Titans. So this is one of their two longer road trips of the year. They'll be at Washington next week, and then um, a bye in week six, and then they host the Colts again in week seven. So um, the Titans have uh, that for their next month. Uh, Talking specifically about this Titans and Colts game, and I said this on Twitter during the game if you were following along, the turnovers were the name of the game in the end. For all of their flaws, the Titans protected the ball well and they made the Colts pay when the Colts didn't protect the ball well, which they didn't. The Titans won the turnover battle three to nothing and scored 14 points off of those turnovers, um, which, of course, in the end was what gave the Titans the edge in their seven point win. Before we break down the specifics, I, I have to reference my article from last Friday in talking about what this means for the Colts in the division. If you didn't see it, I wrote an article titled on the Jaguars and Colts, what we learned in week four or what we learned in week three rather, and what we stand to learn in week four. Um, And in that article, I talked about what a Titans win on Sunday, which they ultimately ended up doing would mean for uh, the Colts. And because they won, they are halfway uh, towards essentially burying the Colts before Halloween. So if the Titans managed to sweep the Colts, um, at best, the Colts would be one, three, and one in the division through seven games and three, three, and one with an overall record. And the Titans and the Jaguars would be almost certainly both ahead of them at that point. So their division championship hopes would be scuttled before the midpoint of the season. Um, so needless to say, the Colts have some flashing red indicators on their dashboard. After that loss, but Titans uh, will get a chance to put them out of their misery when they come back uh, here to Nashville to play in two weeks. But enough about the divisional implications of this week. Let's talk about what the Titans did well and did horribly on Sunday. A big winner in week four for the Titans was the run game. Now, I'm old enough to remember when, and we talked about this extensively on this podcast, When everybody thought that Derrick Henry, you know, might be washed through two games. I'm old enough to remember that one. I'm also old enough to remember how I and JT and this podcast cautioned folks to have a little patience with Henry based on the statistics in his past seasons. What he's looked like, you know, to declare his time of death through two weeks, a little premature. So for those of you who listened to us and and took that caution to heart. Um, good for you. If you didn't, I hope you've learned your lesson. Now, Henry looked back more than he has at any point so far this year. He managed 114 yards on 22 carries and one touchdown, good for a season high 5.2 yards per carry. And in the passing game, he managed three catches for 33 yards despite Uh, Two, I believe, very ugly drops. Uh, Henry's hands was an honorary mention for today's loser. One of the today's loser categories didn't quite make the cut. Despite those drops, had a good day in the receiving department as well. And his day was made even more impressive, frankly, when you just consider who he was up against the third ranked run defense in the league, in the Colts, at least coming into this week for performance. I'm sure this uh, this week will probably knock them down a peg or two. We're yet to see the stats uh, and the advanced metrics and all of that good information on the performance of the offensive line. But I feel like the eye test pretty clearly told you in this game that it was their best day of run blocking as well. You know, Henry was, he was met in the backfield less than he had been so far this season. Uh, He had a number of snaps with pretty solid blocking, like five to 10 yards down the field. So I think it goes without saying that when Derek Henry is eating the Tennessee Titans are eating and he remains their identity to this point. And and when he's doing well, they do well. I I think that that correlation is pretty clear. So as long as he and this Tennessee Titans run game trend in a positive direction, I think the team will as well. Now a a big loser in this game, the biggest loser by a country mile is just the second half. Everything I'm not, positive where to even begin on this one. We saw the same exact movie in Indianapolis that we'd seen in every game so far this year, the Titans began the game humming on all cylinders, you know, producing four yes, four scoring drives on their first four possessions. They were up 24 to 10 at the half. Everything was going right for the most part, except for the pretty terribly mismanaged, Final drive of the of the half where Tannehill decided to keep the ball on the ground and uh and forced a fourth down and they had no time to to uh spike the ball regardless. That was bad. Everything else in that half was pretty flawless. And then, you know, they 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 didn't score another point all afternoon. Once again, they had a goose egg in both the third and the fourth quarter. There's something like 10 second half quarters in a row now. They've scored zero points. I wish I could say it wasn't a predictable outcome either, but like there wasn't an honest soul watching this game who was surprised by how the Titans look in the second half. Their issues to me, I, I think they're pretty clear at this point. The crumbling execution, backbreaking penalties, a general lackadaisical demeanor. And just like a complete and utter instability to adjust mid-game. And although the source of their problems is pretty clear, I'm not sure that the reasons are. Like, has it become a mental hurdle? Or is it Are they just in their own heads at this point about the second half thing? Is it a leadership disconnect? It's bizarre. And it's it's really, in my mind, the thing that is keeping this team from becoming an actual contender if it weren't for their just dismal, dismal second halves, if they played the same in the second half that they did the first half, this team would be a competitive team in the conference or in the league. Like they look really good through a half and they look really bad in the following half. And that's been the story three, arguably four times already this year. you go through the game and it's like, it's hard. I'm sure if you're a Titans fan, it's hard to start to feel good about them before halftime because it's going how you expect it to go. And you're also expecting it to disappear at half. So like you've got to score as many points as you can before the, the, before the going, the getting isn't good anymore. So out of the third quarter. It was pretty clear where this game was going already. Uh, Wes on Broadway at Titan stats, our, our buddy and colleague here at Broadway sports media. He posted on Twitter that the Titans' second-half opening drives so far this season have been punt, punt, interception, punt. That the, fir- the first drive of the second half for the Titans in their first four games, for the Titans' opponents in their first four games, the second-half opening drive has been touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. So, once again today, Titans go three and out very quickly, Colts march down and score, and you knew exactly where the game was headed from that first drive for each team in the second half and then things just never got better the the half-to-half offensive comparison to me is really staggering John Glennon our buddy uh, friend of the show John Glennon at Glennon sports on Twitter he tweeted out the first half second versus second half stats for the Titans in the first half they had 16 first downs to their second half three in the first half they went four for six on third downs 66 percent in the second half, they went at 1 of 6 on their third downs. First half yards, 215. To the second half, 28. First half rushing yards, 112. Second half, 15. Pass yards, first half, 103. Second half, 13. Whatever is holding this team back from adjusting at halftime, making adjustments, continuing their first half success, and then just closing out the game, that, that's going to be the primary topic of discussion surrounding this team on this show, on every local show, forever until we see them change. Until we see them change in their ability to close out a game. Now, back on the positive side, I think a big winner in this game is the run defense of the Titans. Speaking of season-long issues that needed fixing, the Titans' run defense through three weeks was the 27th ranked run defending squad in the league. And then in week four against the Colts, they held Jonathan Taylor to 42 yards on 20 carries good for just a, a really horrible 2.1 yards per carry. The Titans defensive front and linebackers, I think played their best game of the season in the run defense department. They held the edge very well. I think with and without Bud Dupree, they maintained good gap integrity, good penetration had a number of tackles for loss. They looked, they looked good when I watched the most of the game. I'm excited to look into the film to see if that's reaffirmed by the tape. But I think it was a return to form game for a group. The Titans defense had built their identity on pass rush and run defense just a year ago, this same group. Despite a pretty unlikely cast of characters on the field for a lot of the game, just due to their dreadful depth issues, the players they had available got the job done despite that. And I think that was really impressive for this Titans team. Now also on the defense, moving back a couple levels to the secondary, this is a loser for this week is the secondary things just, they weren't very rosy for the Titans defense in this regard. I mentioned an unlikely cast of characters playing up front for the Titans and things were no different in the secondary in another weekly edition of who in the world is that <laughs> Shane Bowen's team rolled out Andrew Adams at safety to help fill in for Amani hooker. Who's out with a concussion and things were just rough all day for the Titans pass defense and tackling beyond the line of scrimmage. The Titans allowed 365 yards through the air at an 8.2 yard per play clip good for 17 passing first downs on the day Indy's receiving core among the only receiving cores in the league with less overall talent than the titans they somehow made them look impressive for the first time all year the titans got just their they got their lunch eaten by colt's tight ends in this game now christian fulton looked Here's my evaluation, basically, of the guys in the secondary today. Christian Fulton, still not a very good blocker. Like, pretty bad at it. Or not blocker, excuse me. Still not a very good tackler. Just not good at tackling players. Roger McCreary, I I think he kind of continued to quietly struggle at times. McCreary had a great camp, had a great preseason. He's been what you expect from a rookie cornerback so far this year, but not not good in terms of just cornerbacks in general. I mean, our buddy friend of the show, James Foster tweeted out on Friday or Saturday that like he thought McCreary had been kind of quietly struggling this year in the regular season games, but that's not unexpected of rookie cornerbacks that the best rookie cornerback season he's ever seen was still a below average corner in the league in his mind. So, you know, It's not shocking that he's struggling, but I think that he is. Caleb Farley finally got a decent number of snaps, but it wasn't anything special. And then Terrence Mitchell is just Terrence Mitchell. (laughs) It's like, you know what I mean? Guys like Amani Hooker and Elijah Molden were both sorely missed in this game by the Titans, and I'm not so sure that things are going to improve much, at least in in the immediate term unless they do return next winner, last winner and loser for the day. This winner is Tier tart, Danico Autry, Robert Woods, and Chica Conquo. Now, is it cheating for me to lump four players of all different positions into one winner category? Yes, probably. Do I care? Absolutely not. I make the rules on this show and I make the rules in this article that it's based on. So, you can be upset that I'm cheating, but I'm cheating and I don't care. I make the rules. Starting on the offensive side of the ball in this group, Robert Woods, yet another solid performance that he adds to his positive trajectory on this team. I think his role is certainly trending up. And while the raw numbers today were slightly less impressive than last week for Woods, he did make plays in the big spots for the Titans. He scored the first touchdown of the day for Tennessee, as well as the Titans receiver core first touchdown of the year. First touchdown for any Titans receiver. He had four catches for 30 yards at seven and a half yards a clip. And he was essentially just the outlet for Tannehill all day when, when he needed a guy to go to. And that's what this passing game needs desperately. That's what AJ Brown was for this team. Another impressive performance on the offensive side of the ball came from rookie Conquo at tight end. He'd been, and we talked about this on the show for weeks now, he had been Ryan Tannehill's favorite uh, all through training camp. In in the red zone situations, they did a ton of. He was a target for Tannehill at the beginning of nearly every single one of those drives that I saw with my own two eyes. And then in the regular season, it just disappeared. Head coach Mike Vrabel in his post-game press conference, he said after the game that the coaching staff had challenged Okonkwo to carve out a role for himself on the offense. And in this game, he rose to that challenge with 38 yards on three receptions for one touchdown in a coming out performance. Chig was the Titans leading receiver on Sunday. So a big game for him. Another big game came from Danico Autry, who on the defensive side of the ball. He's one of these two guys today that just had yet another for Danico monster performance. It's just beyond me how the Raiders or the Colts, either one, ever let this player out of their buildings. He's been so good for Tennessee. He had a certified revenge game performance in his game today, accounting for two sacks, one tackle for loss, and three QB hits. And he was terrorizing Matt Ryan and the Colts offensive line all day. Just like he did in week two and week three for the Titans. He's on, by my count, three really fantastic games in a row streak. And then finally, in this group, the best for last, in my opinion, Tier Tart. When I sent out my mid game season uh, winners and losers uh, at halftime of this game, under winners, I'd listed Tier Tart. And then the next bullet point there are a bunch of others in my mind, but none matter to me more than Tier Tart. Tier Pop Tart, as I call him, he had a monster start to his game two tipped passes one of which she managed to track down in the air and uh he got the interception which kind of for one of the titans three turnovers on the day he joked after the game that he was going to be in contact with the madden rating adjusters to bump up his agility grade tart and autry both ate on the defensive front all day they were accompanied and helped of course by both the talent and the gravity of jeffrey simmons uh, this group just to me, at least leaves you a little frustrated right now, knowing that they're just so close to that elite pass rushing level. If only players like Bud Dupree could stay healthy and help them on the outside, because that's the biggest issue for them right now is their contain from the ends are pretty weak and uh, spotty. And it, it's cost them a lot in the run game until a game like today where they, they did it well. Um, So, you know, Weaver, I think, had a really great day as well. He had an, he got another sack on the day. So he's on, currently uh, four sacks through four games on pace for a 17-sack seven, season, which, you know, not saying that he'll keep that up. But if he does, that's a pretty ridiculous, uh, you know, not rookie season, but first season as a starter for Rashad Weaver. <clears throat> but we mentioned Bud Dupree on the other end of the ball, supposed to be opposite of Rashad Weaver. Speaking of him, he was one of our two final losers on the day. Bud Dupree and Traylon Burks were my final loser bundle here. It's pretty harsh, I think, to categorize players as losers due almost entirely to their injury status. But honestly, it's kind of the cold, hard reality in the case of both Dupree and Burks. And the reason that it's a pretty significant loss, hot seat opportunity for both of these guys is pretty different. So with Dupree he's just officially entering hot tub club territory. I don't know if anybody who is listening to the show has ever heard the ringer fantasy football show, no free shouts on the show, but uh, it's, I'm a fan of that show. And uh, they refer to guys who are just always injured in fantasy each and every week as the hot tub club. Cause they're just hanging out in the hot and the cold tubs in the locker room after the game. Um, Dupree is entering that territory because he just continues to, struggle to stay on the field in his second season with the team. Now he's been inactive just as much as he's been active on game day. And on days that he does play, he's liable to leave early, like in a game, uh, like in the game today, Is that was the case in Indy because he left the game with a re injured hip early on in the, I believe early second quarter. It, that was the ailment an injured hip that had kept him sidelined in week three. And then after his departure in this game, Tennessee's rush was noticeably worse, which is the case almost every single time he comes off the field at this point. Like, the verdict is clear to me. They need him healthy, and they need him out there. Now, Burks left the game after injuring his foot in the final seconds of the first half, and it was the focus of a pivotal sequence that led the Titans running out of time, essentially led to them running out of time to get a field goal attempt before the half, Burks stayed in the game for an extra play, despite clearly being in no shape to do so. It was a topic of controversy and discussion during and after the game, but he was ruled out before they ever came back from the locker room from half. And and that was their report. Excuse me. This was the report on him from the locker room during his post game media availability. Uh, A number of of media members tweet this out, but I'm looking at Teron Davenport's tweet right now. My man TD at Teron Davenport underscore nfl on twitter he tweeted that Traylon brooks left the titans locker room in crutches with a boot on his foot so that doesn't bode well obviously for the rookie if he's seriously injured you know an already shaky start i think will be made much worse for him injuries are just an unavoidable element of the game and that's understood but for a guy who just hasn't even sniffed the expectations he's had coming in you know both as a a top tier talent and a first round pick of John Robinson's that carries its own weight and the air apparent to AJ Brown, you know, those expectations haven't even been sniffed. It's just, it's a negative force multiplier for the pressure on Caleb's shoulders. I think for him to get injured and to, you know, miss a significant amount of time. So those were my winners and losers this week. Um, if you want more detail, you can go and, of course, check out the article on BrothersportsMedia.com. It's out and up winners and losers from the Titans victory over the Colts. Um, and that is it for the monologue today. Let us get to JT with the news.
1: Getting into the news today, let's talk about a impressive streak that the Titans are on today. Of course, the Titans defeated the Colts 24-17, but the Titans have now won nine straight divisional road games this year. It's the second, active, second longest active streak in the league, only behind the Chiefs at 13. I mean, that's pretty impressive. No, it's very impressive. The Titans,
0: you know... They've gotten a lot of crap for their inability to do anything in the playoffs the last two seasons, but this team has been dominant in its division for a couple of years now. And frankly, that's the biggest thing you can ask for from your team in the regular season. So um, I think it, it can't go uh, under mentioned just how well the Titans have. Done uh, with handling their division opponents, which ultimately you have to do if you want to win the division and succeed in the playoffs. And nine on the road in a row, I didn't realize it was that many. That's a really impressive number.
1: Moving on to some of the best points of the week from this Titans game. Let's talk about that Titans defense, who in the first two games of the year did not look great on the run, D. However, in these last 2, they've really picked it up, including a very big performance again today against the Indianapolis Colts, only holding them to 38 rushing yards on the day. It's the lowest that the Colts have had since November 29, 2015 against mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe.
0: But yeah, that's a crazy crazy statistic. Worst rushing day for the Colts in seven years um the tight it was like like we mentioned a big winner on the day was that run defense they they just they went from really really bad for the first three weeks to really fantastic against a you know not very great offensive line but, but elite running back shut him down all day long and that was maybe the only element of the titans game all game that was kind of unimpeachable and not in question they were stopping the run it was never in doubt that they were going to continue to stop the run all day so um that was that was
1: impressive and then moving on uh something else we're going to do here on the news that i think as the producer i've decided to do going forward we're going to give a gold star to one offensive and defensive hang starter. on
0: hang on hang on we have two gold we have that enough to do two gold stars we do week.
1: we do today uh, at least oh, today
0: a, was that in the budget okay I think it was. we'll use it until we run out okay i think All it right. was
1: but of course we have two i mean i don't know if you could go back in the first three weeks and see if there was no no no, no. a we're, couple we're, players we're not made of,
0: we're not made of gold stars we're here. not
1: made of gold stars but you we know. can give out two this week let's give the first one to Denico autry on the defensive side of the ball i mean he was the mvp today
0: yep yep Best best player on the field i think on either team um, he had a monster day and, and just has been dominant for a couple of weeks in a row now.
1: And of course, if we give one out to the defensive side of the ball, we have to give one out to the offensive side of the ball today because it was a victory today. Let's give it to Derek Henry who woke up today he did. with me he,
0: he he's confirmed not dead today he is
1: he is not dead 22 carries 114 yards one touchdown almost had two one was called back but a great day for Henry nonetheless
0: yep he was fantastic I think he's back I think he's back to his old form um or you know maybe 97 percent of his old form he looks like that dominant guy and I don't see any reason to believe that won't continue throughout the year
1: Moving away from the Titans-Colts game today, not a lot going on in the NFL. I mean, to me personally today, it felt like a very average day from what we got yeah. the rest of the season. Of course, you had the Jaguars losing to the Eagles and the Texans losing to the Chargers. Two outcomes that you could really see. I mean, the Texans made it close at the end. The Jaguars are up early on the Philadelphia Eagles. But outside of that a pretty expected day i would say
0: yeah not a whole lot to write home about um vikings beat the saints in london really early in the morning um the packers almost lost to (laughs) daily zappy uh in lambo which is hilarious the it's the hoodie man that's bill belichick for you but they end up pulling it out all the all the games were pretty not They, were, they weren't they were all bad by any means, but they weren't really surprising outcomes. Nothing to write point. home about. No, I agree. And
1: that's all I got today.
0: All right, that's JT with the news. Before we move on to our final game segment of the week, JT, how did we do this week in the best bet
1: gauntlet? Ah, uh, yes. Let's talk about our best bet gauntlet before we get out of here in this news section. Now, I know we talked about the Mets in the first part of it, and I have been completely down on myself, saying, you know what, this has been the worst weekend to be a sports fan, at least in my opinion, yeah. from from my point of view. However, there's one bright spot, I will say, that pending a Rams 49ers game tomorrow, I am currently 3-1 and one once again on the week, of course, could be at fourth. Stafford could, be could fold on me like Jimmy G did last week. However, currently I'm 3 and 1, 8 and 11 on the year, so I am slowly working back, my way back. Yep. Could be 4 and 1 tomorrow.
0: Could be not 9 and 1 you mean.
1: Sorry. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> 9 and 9 and 11. Not yeah. On the season.
0: Yes, you could be 9 and 11, which is crazy because you were like 6 games under 500. She's like oh, I was. No. It was it yeah. was
1: not good, but you know, where, really am I really good to gear. You did these past two weeks here. As for you, kind of slowing down a little bit after a hot no, start. No, 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 no. Just we got it
0: in. We got it in nice neutral. We're just neutral. Neutral.
1: You're going neutral down that hill right there. So you got a you got a pretty decent speed. You're going three one and one on the week. Of course, uh, we that Vikings Saints game pushed for you, and of course, thank you, Greg Joseph. Steelers with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett lost to my boys the new york jets today and that head-to-head matchup that's two now that we've gone head-to-head and i have come out the better man
0: you have in and it's very past frustrating two weeks. it is a little frustrating a record listen here's the thing i'm done. i'm not betting the Steelers anymore <laughs> I, I just i hold please can we hold can we hold me to this easton's not a lot about this about the Steelers in this game anymore. all right we'll see I'm, we'll I'm gonna, see if
1: that tracks yeah, but we'll see. however you are 11 7 and now two on the, hey dude,
0: i have two pushes how about so 11, seven and two
1: we t- that's, that's that's making money record right now it is still it's making, making money. money
0: yeah all right that is our best bet gauntlet update now let's get into the final segment of the day JT has a game for us i'm not I, he's not told me what it is i'm going into this blind JT what is our game for today
1: so you know in like previous seasons this would be a pretty substantial mark. Of the season of course it's about a ah, quarter way in because right. 16 with a bye 17 weeks back of course, in the good old days when
0: they did it the way the lord intended
1: of course but of course now we have 18 weeks 17 games
0: blasphemy we're
1: gonna we're gonna still stick with
0: we're gonna just call it around a
1: point. we're gonna we're gonna call it the quarter point today and we're gonna yep. go in with the kind of mixing it up today and we're gonna go in with our quarter season predictions of course We had an idea of what the season would look like at the beginning of the year. However, we are almost a quarter of the way in to the season now. And of course, everything's been basically flipped on its head. So I thought today, maybe let's go in with how let's see how each of us feels today. Okay. Possibly talk about who we feel good on, who we don't feel good on. And maybe hear from our viewers when this goes up. Let's get their thoughts after this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you disagree, and I'm sure you will with our thoughts here, uh, hit us up and we will argue with you online happily. (laughs) So you, I I take it you've already – this is playoff predictions, correct?
1: Yes, playoff predictions. We're going to do our seeds one through seven here and just see how we feel right now on the season.
0: Yeah, I like it. So I take it you've already done this. I'll let you give your one seeds first while I kind of organize my thoughts here. I got you.
1: So for the – one seed in both the NFC and AFC. I think the AFC right now, for me personally, is still the Bills to lose. Mm. I think, of course, you look at that Miami game, and yes, there were a lot of factors in that game. It was very hot, a lot of players cramping. They might have not been well conditioned to that. But of course, they come out today and get a very feisty win over another very good team out of the AFC in the Baltimore Ravens. I think that our expectations of the Bills in the past two weeks have definitely shrunk a little bit. Of course, I think after two weeks, a lot of people were thinking, is there anybody who can beat this team? They're just gonna run through everybody. Of course, in the past two weeks, they've been definitely tested a little bit more than we initially thought, but I still think they still come out on top, especially facing a weaker bottom half of that division. And I think they just have the talent. Of course, they are very hurt still, but I still think they finish in that division. Moving on, moving or finishing first in that division and first overall, sorry. Moving on to the NFC side of the ball. This was one that was very tough for me to make a call, but I mean, looking at it four weeks in, it's really hard to not go with the Eagles that might be just a very safe pick right now yep but what you're seeing out of them is is just a first place caliber team Mm -hmm. in the conference right now I think they are first right now because of how weak this NFC conference is and I think they do enough in the conference for them to come out on top Jalen Hurts has looked more than capable of leading this team to winning games and i think their defense is probably a top two in the league so give me the eagles finishing first
0: agreed entirely for all the exact same reasons i have bills and eagles as my one seeds let me give my two seeds um in the nfc i I, my two seed right now is the rams and the afc it's the chiefs listen the chiefs Besides that fluky game against the Colts, by the way, Patrick Mahomes is above 500 against every division in the NFL besides one. That's the AFC South. He is three and five overall. Never disrespect the AFC South. Again, it's a juggernaut. Um, I, I just think that besides that one fluky win to the Colts, they're still the team to beat besides the Bills in the AFC. And with the Rams, listen, I think the drop off, as of now at least, from the Eagles to everybody else it's pretty significant. Everybody else I think is a big step behind the Eagles and it gets tricky after you put Eagles one, I'll take the Rams just with the upside of that coaching that I like. I think a good quarterback, as long as he's healthy and and good weapons, Um, I I could see, I could see them being second seed in a pretty, pretty weak over. I I just think the AFC top to bottom in the playoffs is so much stronger than the Rams or the bucks or the Vikings or whoever. Um, So give me Rams two and Chiefs two.
1: I like those. However, I'm going to keep the Chiefs here at the second um, seed currently. However, on the NFC side of the ball, I'm going to go with the Vikings here as the second seed for kind of a different reason. I think more so that you look at these three other uh, divisions here in the nfc the nfc west the nfc north and the nfc south and i'm thinking which one is not going to eat each other alive <laughs> and right now i feel like the it's it's the vikings mm-hmm.
0: i think the vikings, the vikings have won. lions bears packers just it's not going to be much of a competition
1: i just don't think it's going to be a competition of course the vikings have won one against the packers and one against the lions i don't think the vikings will lose either of them against the bears and of course. I think they're gonna take at least one of two of their last two games against the Packers and Lions. When you look to the other two divisions, of course, I think that AFC or sorry NFC West division is gonna just eat itself alive. I think right. every game in that division is gonna be so close. There's gonna be a couple upsets. And if you look at the NFC South, I mean, the Bucks and Saints always play each other close. And I wouldn't count the Falcons out crazy enough, Four weeks in, I would not count them out of this race. Of course, they are tied right now, two and two. Um, But I think the Vikings are going to put it together. I think Kevin O'Connell is slowly bringing the pieces together here. And I think as the season continues, they're going to just get better and better. So give me them as the second seed.
0: All right. um, My three seeds, uh, not a whole lot to say. Bucks and Ravens. Um, the Bucks are still a skeleton crew of the Bucks that we saw win the Super Bowl two years ago. And the Ravens look good um, with Lamar when he's playing at an MVP level. I'm not sure they look great besides that, but at the moment he is doing that. And so I've got to give them the three seed.
1: I like those picks. I like those picks. I'm going to just take the Rams here at the third because I, right. what what you said earlier, I think... Just besides the divisions being so close, I think the Rams are that second or third better team. I'm just going to just inch the Vikings above them right now. But, of course, I'm going to okay. give the Rams that third seed there. However, on the AFC side of the ball, I am not giving up on the Bengals just yet. And this the is Cincinnati why. Cincinnati boy, not the, out on the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati boy, of course. I don't know if we ever talk about this on this podcast. However, I am from Cincinnati. I'm not giving up on these Bengals just yet, and there's a couple reasons why. The man is from
0: Cincinnati. He's a Falcons fan when he's not a Bengals fan. He's a Mets fan and he's a Tampa Bay Rays fan. You make Tem- it. Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Lightning. Fan. You make it make sense.
1: Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Hold lightning
0: over. fan. Yes, Lightning, that's the important
1: part. We won't get it. We won't get into that today. You guys can come at me later for that. But I'm I'm not giving up on them for a couple reasons. One, I think Zach Taylor has to give himself a big hard look in the mirror here and say, am I gonna continue to make these play calls the rest of the season? He's okay. either he's either gotta give his he's gotta give his duties up to someone else, or he's just gotta get better. And I think it's gonna get better. I think with a couple more games under their belt, the offensive line's gonna get better. I think the play call is gonna get better. I think they're gonna start getting Jamar Chase and a bunch of other, their other weapons that haven't been utilized so far back into that game. I think Joe Burrow starts to get back into it a little bit. And I think in a couple gritty games here, I think they take at least one of two from the Ravens here. And moving forward, I think they're just gonna edge them out just by a little bit, but I'm still giving the benefit of the doubt to that Super Bowl team last year. Moving on to the, of course, fourth seed here. I'm gonna give mine, to the bucks just because i think they're still going to edge out that nfc south of course the saints could make a run currently being at the bottom of that division currently falcons are staying around i don't see them staying around for too long though i think the bucks are just the most complete team i'm going to give them the four seed here and of course the four seed in the afc i'm going to give it to the titans I, th- I think the Titans have a legitimate chance to close out this division, like you said, before Halloween. They can take two from the Colts. I think they have no problem in kind of tying up this division with a bow before even maybe December, but we'll have to see going forward. I'm going to take them at the four.
0: Um, my four Vikings and Titans, a lot of the same reasons. The Vikings, I agree, are going to win that division. However, I don't think that they'll be better than the Rams or the Bucks at this point. The Titans, I think, are going to win the AFC South. So, want to get onto our wild cards now?
1: Yeah, let's get into yeah. our wild cards. And I'm just going to rapid fire these here. Right. My so, who th- are your inner NFC wild cards? Let's do by conference here. Let's do that. Yeah. My three NFC wild cards here I have the 49ers at the five, the Packers at the six, and I think the Cowboys. Are gonna get in at the seven look cooper rush has been just enough for the for the cowboys and i think that defense
0: he has, has been, been
1: a top 10 defense whether you like it or not i think they're only go- gonna continue to get better i think dak comes back they're finally getting cd lamb to that's clinic. what's they're- gonna be
0: the sticking point though man do you mean like is he gonna rush back and be like russell wilson in 2021 20- And just be bad
1: with that hand i i don't have any faith that he won't frankly it it depends are are the cowboys gonna call their own owner's bluff and rush him back next week or are they seeing what they have in cooper rush and saying he's a manageable backup here let's give russ or sorry not russ now you got it in my mind (laughs) let's give dak a couple extra weeks here and I think we can manage in a pretty shaky division. Of course, you once again I'm going to say the NFC is just such a weaker division that I think they find their way into that 7 seed. So my my
0: NFC uh god, sorry. So my NFC wild card teams are going to be the Packers, the 49ers and the Falcons. I think the Falcons are getting into the playoffs. Partially because I just they're four and zero against the spread. I've bet them and made a lot of money on them this year. But I also they're just electric to watch. They're a bad football team, but in all the greatest ways. Um, and I think that the NFC is just so bad that they'll manage to get into this field. Frankly, the Packers are not going to fall off a cliff. They'll be the five. The Falcons will be the six over the 49ers at the seven. So those are my three on the AFC side of the ball, or the AFC side of the league rather. The Dolphins, I think, are the obvious five seed. And then I'm, I am got the Jaguars in at the six and the Bengals sneak in at the seven. Now, I have money on the fact that I don't think the Bengals are going to make the playoffs again this year. Like, that was kind of one of my hot takes before the season. Um, I now think that they may sneak in um, just because they have so much firepower. And I trust Joey B to, to play better down the stretch. So that's who I'm going with.
1: It's really interesting. You only taking one AFC West team to make the playoffs currently through this four game stretch. AFC best summer 2022 is all a fraud. <laughs> all a fraud. Moving on to my three wild cards here. I'm going to put the Ravens at the five. because I think that division is so close that maybe the Bengals eke it out. I think either way that they flip flop here, but I'm going to go with the Ravens right now. Cause I feel better about the Bengals just a little bit. I'm going to go dolphins at six and Chargers making that seven spot.
0: Yeah, I understand that. Listen, I, I think getting the Chargers in there with one of those last wild card spots makes sense. I think that Justin Herbert is good enough. Um, just his pure talent at quarterback is good enough to overcome their. I think coaching woes. I don't think that he's a very good coach, but that's another topic for another day. <clears throat> uh, so that's gonna do it for that segment. That's our quarter quarter of the season rundown for where we think this this league is at and maybe we'll do it again maybe we won't i don't know we'll see how we like it when we listen back to it um and that's going to do it for today's show just a couple of things before you go please quickly uh best of broadway was a new podcast that came out uh, as bonus podcast on the Broadway broadway sports media podcast feed check it out it's all the best clips highlights from the week from our podcast um series uh podcast shows across the the network um we've got all these shows and the very best bits are all stuffed into this best of broadway podcast which is available on any of your podcast feeds that you listen to broadway podcasts including this one so go back and listen to the first week of best of broadway and on saturdays get it as your um pre-game primer or maybe a catch-up from the week if you missed some of the shows hey leave us a five-star review if you don't mind it takes you 10 seconds to do it it's really not hard at all um it, it means way more to us than it does to you if you do it, so please hit us up there. We've already gotten two since the new show started. Shout out to belly laughs who said that this is good Titans news and opinion. Oh, thanks. Belly laughs. They, and they also say congrats on the pending nuptials. Of course, I'm getting married in less than a month. I'm running out of time. Um, D boots. 0304 said uh, liar. So shout out boots three Oh four. He, they said that this review took them way longer than 10 seconds. Not a lie. You can do it in under 10 seconds. D boots. Thanks for the shout but unfortunately, I'm afraid that you I diagnose you with slow. So at normal people, they can do it in ten seconds. Um, that's that's it for this week. If you have any uh, advertising wants or needs, we're uh, looking for. We've got opportunities on this show and elsewhere with Broadway Sports Media. We've got advertising opportunities. So if you're an owner or an operator of a small business here or a big business for that matter in Nashville locally, hit us up. We would love to sponsor. Uh, have you as a sponsor for the show. That's going to do it. It's been a lot. JT, I, this episode may be a disaster. I think you can tell it's been a long Sunday for me. Um, sorry for all the rambling. We promise to come back with our best game ever on Friday. Check us out then. Friday mornings. We will be back. Until then, for JT, I am Easton. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. What a chaotic show.